Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Houston North. The Kadesh Family Church, Houston North, is part of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Better clap. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a song I like very much. When I think about the Lord. How does it go? How he saved me. How he raised me. How he filled me. With the Holy Ghost. How he healed me. To the uttermost. I can't do that one. <laughs> Let's keep it level, okay? <laughs> Let's not meander too much. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you so much for this blessed night. We pray that, Lord, you speak to us from your precious and your holy word. We thank you for our offering. Bless, bless what we have given. Bless the seed. It may be multiplied many, many times over. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Reverend Oku, you're welcome from the land of the cold. Amen. He's looking fresh, eh? The snow. All right. <laughs> so my promise still holds. I'll take all of you to Colorado. So get, why? Whoa, whoa, um. Colorado do for PK that I won't do for you. <laughs> eh? <laughs> will he make his beard disappear? Will he make him grow taller? What will he do? Okay. <laughs> will he make him smile less? Hallelujah. We have been looking at the art of following. Amen. Jesus said, follow me to his disciples. Jesus said, what I say to one, I say to all. So Jesus is also saying we should follow. Amen. Amen. Becoming a disciple of Jesus is deciding to follow Jesus. When I was in Sunday school, we learned a song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. So when Jesus said to the disciples, follow me, he meant from this day I am calling you 
till the day that either I leave or it's all over is going to be following. Amen. There's never a time when you can say, I'm going to stop following. Because the person who is going ahead of you is going to disappear. <laughs> but you have to keep in close proximity to that person. Amen. And then Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says what? Do not be slothful or do not be lazy, but be what? Followers. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. Amen. So the Bible also says that there are people that we need to follow, all right? Now it says don't be slothful, don't be lazy, which means following takes some amount of effort. If you are a lazy person, you cannot follow, all right? Other version says be imitators. So we saw that following has many different meanings, including copying, imitating. So, uh, but to imitate those who through faith, faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. What does it say? The Bible says that everything that has been written, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Hallelujah. So everything that was written that we read about in the Old Testament. And today we're going to look at following King David. Hallelujah. The art of following King David. King David had a very interesting story. We know that he was one of how many children? Eight children. <laughs> All right? And God had become fed up with the king, Saul. And God told Samuel, I can't put up with Saul any longer. I need to get a new king. So he said, go to Jesse. I'm going to anoint one of his sons king. So he said, call them for the sacrifice, all right? And then the first son came, Eliab. And he said, oh, this must be the one that God wants to appoint and anoint king. And God said, he is not the one. <laughs> and then the second son came, Abinadab. Someone said, okay, it wasn't the first, it must be the second. I know sometimes God prefers the second to the first, but it was not Abinadab. Then the third, Shammah. And then all seven came, and God said, it is none of them. All right? And then someone said to Jesse, but are these all your kids? He said, no, we have, I have one more son, but he's out tending the sheep. He said, call him. So we're not going to sit down. We're not going to begin the sacrifice till he shows up. Amen. And he was anointed king. God said, he is the one. Rise up and anoint him. Amen. I see God moving and jumping over many people to get to you. Even if you're number eight in line. Don't say, don't rush. There's no need to rush. Just be where you are. Be there coolly. Be there faithfully. God will point you out for a blessing. Amen. Amen. So the art of following David, number one, is the art of not despising small things. Hallelujah. So David was someone who did not despise small things. First, so much of the 17 and verse 28, it says, and Eliab, his eldest brother. So this was a couple of chapters later because the Israelites were in battle or against the Philistines. And um, David's, Father, Jesse said, go and um, take some food to your brothers, all right, <clears throat> at the battlefront. So Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, that's David, 
And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Say, those few sheep. So, I don't know whether he was laughing at him. I don't know whether he was making fun of him. But their last brother, their youngest brother, David, had been associated with a few sheep. All right? He, he was handling a few sheep. He didn't have a lot of sheep, but he had some sheep. There were a few sheep, all right? So don't despise small things, amen, all right? And the same applies to church, and the same applies to ministry. That's why many people find it difficult to start a thing. It's not an easy thing to start a church. It's not an easy thing to start a fellowship. It's not an easy thing to start a basenta. Prince, what do you say? <laughs> Do not despise small things, all right? It's very different. When I was first appointed a pastor, I was appointed a pastor in a church with many other pastors. So I think I got away with being a pastor. <laughs> that means I probably could get a, away with not doing a whole lot. You get it? So Bishop said I should be a pastor, but there are like 10 other pastors in the church. So I was cool being called Pastor Tiaku. And I was sitting on the stage, and I was smiling and enjoying, you know. So one day, Bishop said, I'm sending you out. But he wasn't sending me out to start a church. He was sending me out to go and assist another pastor. And I, I said, I'll always be here. But I didn't know that Bishop Dag had other plans for me. All right, so what I'm saying is, um, it's easy to be part of something that's already working, isn't it? That's already been started. So now when I was moved from being a pastor of many to now being the second pastor, it was very, very different. You see, because when the first pastor wasn't there, everything was going to fall to you. All right? And then some years later, in fact, when I was at, um, at the cathedral, Collegono, and I was being a pastor, there wasn't even really anything for me to do. You know, then uh, one day Bishop Dag and Bishop Eddie... They were reverends at the t well, bishop. They said, we want to start lay schools. Can you help us? And they didn't say this, but I knew they were saying, seeing that you're not doing much of anything. <laughs> Even though you're a pastor walking around. So they gave me other notes. They said, start the lay schools. And I said, okay, I'll give it a, a try. So school of the word, I had to go and read school of victorious living, school of solid foundation, school of apple. I'm the one who started those schools. Yeah, I started. I thought you clapped. All right. <laughs> I had to go through all the notes and, you know, put everything together and start teaching. So I was called a teaching pastor. <laughs> the pastor who taught. I was, I was just teaching. That's all I did after, after church. I just assemble everybody in the building at the back and I just be teaching, teaching. So today my students come up to me and they say, you taught us. And I say, yeah. <laughs> I said, I don't remember you, but I'm sure you were one of my many students. <laughs> So I helped start the lay schools, all right? I was the first teacher of the lay schools, yeah. And then I was sent out to go and help Bishop Intefo in his young, fledging church, all right? We started a church in a part of Accra called Salashibi Sakumono, and then we broke ground for the church that is now Prophet Kakra's church. Yeah, I was there when we bought the land for that church. We bought the land for that church, all right? 
And then a few years later, I went to Colorado. And then now there was no church. <laughs> and then I said I was a pastor. So a pastor with no church. <laughs> I got there in 2003, no church. 2004, no church. 2005, I said, hey, I can't be called pastor without a church forever. <laughs> so I said we needed to start. And I was, still, I was a student in school. You get it? So who am I going to start a church with? I just had to call some of my fellow master students. And I say, by the way, you might not know this, but I'm a pastor. <laughs> you might know me as a fellow student, but I'm actually a pastor. They said, oh, is that so? You know, and I said, I'm starting a church. They said, oh, wow. You know? And I said, yeah, I'm starting a church. We're going to start a church on this day in this hotel. I want you to come. And they came. They came. By the grace of God, some of them stayed on. Some of them stayed on, yeah. And some of them, like, stayed on, stayed on. Now, a lot of them had to leave the city with time, but many of them stayed, and they stayed committed to the church. Amen. Amen. I was just thinking about it when I was coming. You know, my, 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 the, my classmates that I was with in school in Colorado, as I speak, at least four of them have died. At least four of them have died. Yeah. At least four of them have died. One had a chronic ailment. When one went back home to Nigeria, very bizarre. He was just walking by the road, and I truck him and knocked him down. After an all night. <laughs> Nigeria. <laughs> After an all night, is that what you do? <laughs> I'm told his uncle, somebody at a church. I mean, after an honor, I tried just kind of knocks him down. Another one also had something. Um, yeah, and who was, who was the last one I was remembering? Somebody. <laughs> Daniel, recently, yes. Daniel, he stayed with us in the church for a long time. Even after we had finished school, he was still a member of our church, you know. Anyway. So, Reverend Oko will tell you, it's not an easy thing to start a church. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. But do not despise small things and small beginnings. Amen. For a lot of people, starting a church means, let me go and find other people's church members and start my church. Yeah, let me go and find church members, you see. And they'll go hunting for church people. You know, but that, that is not what we're... The church is supposed to be growing, as a result of who are being saved, not people who are rotating between churches, you know, but people just want a big start. Bam! You know, I, I hear people sharing testimonies. We started the church on the first day. In fact, there was, there was a Sunday like that. He was in Denver, the next city. He said he had a grand opening of his church. And then on the first day, there were like 50 people so excited. But my question, I didn't say it to him. I said, where did these people come from? <laughs> Don't be so happy that 50 people came on your first day. Day. I mean, it's, it's something to be happy about, but the question you have to ask is, where were they from? I'm sure there are other people's church members who have come to grace your occasion or um, answer your invitation to be there, you know. <laughs> but the right way to start is to start small. Amen. That's why Jesus said that the kingdom of God can be likened to a tiny mustard seed. Amen. One day I went into a family Christian bookstore, and I saw a necklace. And then in the necklace, I saw a tiny, I don't know what it was, a tiny something. And I said, what is that? And I was told it's a mustard seed. I said, wow, have you really seen a mustard seed before? 
I said, give me that necklace. I'm going to buy it. Because I'm going to kill two birds with a stone. Number one, I'm going to buy jewelry for my wife. And then number two, I'm going to have a master's seed at home. <laughs> so two great things are going to happen, all right? Yeah, don't despise small be- People like to make fun of people who are starting out small. I heard someone say, oh, Lighthouse, they say they've started a church. When you go, there are just like one or two people there. They, like, they laugh at us. They say, they say they, they, go and see, there's nobody in the church. That's the way. In fact, we heard somebody saying that in this city. Yes. <laughs> they said, they, they, I, think, I don't know whether they sent spies here. I don't know how they go. We heard them talking. And when they saw us, they just kept quiet. But to the lighthouse, you go, they said they started a church, but you just see one or two people sitting there. <laughs> but we like the one or two. We like the one or two. <laughs> we do not despise small beginnings. Amen. The Bible says, though your beginnings were small, your latter end will greatly increase. Job 8, 7. Amen. So don't be afraid to start out small. Hallelujah. God will lift you up. You benefit from the many experiences that you have, all right, when you start out small. It was because David had started out small that later on he was able to say that when I was taking care of the sheep, that's when the lion and the bear came against the sheep and I was able to kill them. I was able to ride up, rise up and defeat them. I took on a lion and a bear. If you know what a lion and a bear are. But he's probably the only one who had that experience. Because the same thing was said when um, someone was supposed to um, anoint one of Jesse's sons. He was, um, Jesse told him he's taking care of the sheep. Just a few sheep. He was faithful with the little that he had. Amen. So don't rush success. Hallelujah. Don't be in a hurry to be successful. It's easier to make small mistakes than to make big mistakes. Amen. If you have a fear of speaking, it's easier to get over that fear in a small group. You have not even been able to speak to two, three, four, five people. And they want to minister to 100 people. (laughs) Learn and make your mistakes in front of a few people, all right? And then it will help you. Then one day when you stand in front of a lot of people, you say, I know. I know what to do now. Amen. It's easier to make a mistake investing $100 than to try and invest $100,000 at a go. <laughs> the same principles apply. All right? Okay. So smallest is a necessary stage in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It's a necessary stage for every business. It will humble you, and it will make you trust in God. Now, Jesus taught us three principles of progress. Number one, in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. The first principle of progress that he taught us was the principle of being faithful with small things. Amen. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little. Say very little. So Jesus said, Trust begins with trust with a few things, very few things. He said, very little. Can you be trusted with very little? You will probably disregard what you are doing because it's very little. All right? So Jesus said, we should be able to trust you with very little. David could be trusted with just a few sheep. I don't think he had a whole lot. He, probably, he was probably the last born, and he, they just needed to find him something to do. All right? It's like, go and take care of the sheep, the farm animals. That's what, like, go and do this. But he, he took it seriously. 
Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Later on, you find out that David became leader of the people. First, he became a commander of the armies, all right? He became a commander of the armies. So one interesting thing about David was in, um, in the chapter of First Samuel where we got to meet him, he was anointed king. <laughs> but Saul um, stayed on the throne for a long time. He, he remained king of Israel. But David had been anointed king. But there was a long, very, very, very long path from where he was then to the throne. All right? So Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Amen. If you are dishonest when you are earning just $1,000 with your tithe. There was somebody in our church in Colorado. He always said, the day I win the lottery, he said, I'll come and pay my tithe. <laughs> he thought that paying tithe had to do with how much money you are earning. To him, he had to hold on to what he was making because he couldn't afford to part with any of it. But he said, Pastor, the day I win lottery, he was right to me. He's always staking lotto. <laughs> I mean, one day, I was giving an example of something, and I used lottery. And she said, talk to my husband. Talk to my husband. He's always staking. And he told me, the things I'll do for this church, Pastor, the day I win the lottery. <laughs> I hope I'm not giving anybody any ideas. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so it's not about, oh, the day I get, I earn so much, you see the tithe I'll pay. No, no, no. If you are dishonest with very little, chances are you'll be dishonest with much. You know, it is those who actually have a lot who give the least. Yeah, but if you have been able to, you say, the only thing I'm getting now is just an allowance, so I'm holding on to what I have. Learn to pay your tithe even on your allowance. Amen. And whatever else you have, all right? So the, press, the first principle of progress Jesus taught us is verse 10, which is being faithful with small things. Amen. The second principle is being faithful with another man's things. In verse 12, being faithful with another man's things. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give your, you property of your own? What does the King James say? The King James, all right? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So we talk about being faithful. A lot of times we think about being faithful with what belongs to us. But Jesus taught us the second thing that's important is being faithful with what is not even yours. You see, you say, well, this, you, you, you are not the head pastor, so... You're not that bothered about how well the church does. You get me? You see, the day I get my own church. <laughs> we had a pastor with us many years ago, and he had to leave the church. And he came back and he said, I'm going to show you church growth. <laughs> he said he was going to start his own church, you know. And for some funny reason, he decided to start his church near the church. He said, I'm going to show you church growth. I'm going to show you church growth. <laughs> He said, you've written books about church growth. I'm going to show you practically what church growth is. <laughs> but don't say that because it's not yours, you're not going to do a good job of it. You understand? Jesus is saying, if you cannot be faithful with what is not yours, but what belongs to another person's, 
You don't say, it's not mine, so I'm not going to do a good job of it. Who, who's going to give you, who shall give you that which is your own? Amen. You know, sometimes you have to learn to do your very best for somebody else. You know, Bishop Saki, I've heard him say, um, at least once, someone has come up to him and said, you are doing very well as a pastor. He said, I, I predict that if you to move out and start your church, you'll be a great and wonderful pastor. He said, no, this is my place. He said, I'm doing as well as I'm doing because of where I am. And because I recognize that I can stand here and support this person. You know, you, you do not have to be number one. You can do your very best at number two. You can do your very best at number two, all right? You can be faithful with what is another's. And then the Bible says that one day you also get your own, all right? Sometimes you see people taking care of things that are not, you, you see how people take care of things that are not theirs. If it's theirs, what, what are some examples? <laughs> hmm? Someone else's food. What about somebody else's food? You don't, you don't cook it well. You, <laughs> you take out all this food. Prince, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> uh, <he's laughs> uh, because it's not yours, you just do it anyhow, isn't it? You just do it. Once my father-in-law came to visit us, and he said I should iron a shirt for him. And I was ironing, ironing, he came and took the iron from me. <laughs> He said, I wasn't doing it properly. <laughs> he said, because it wasn't my shirt, I was just doing it. <laughs> he said, you could see I was in a hurry. So he took the iron from me and said, give it to me. I'll do it myself. I said, oh, I felt very bad that day. <laughs> but the fact that it wasn't my shirt doesn't mean I shouldn't iron it properly. I mean, I, was doing, I had my own way of doing it, you see. He didn't know that. <laughs> he spends time. But I can do it very quickly, but it look just as nice. <laughs> so I think he was a little deceived by how quickly... <laughs> Because <laughs> I was doing it very quickly, he was deceived, but I was going to do an excellent job. <laughs> and the third principle of progress that Jesus taught us is in verse 11. That's the principle of being faithful with money. Amen. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches. Amen. So we can't circumvent these laws. Number one. Um, being faithful with small things, number two, being faithful with what is another man's, and then number three, being faithful with money. Amen. All right. So start small and avoid people who would laugh and despise you. Amen. Laugh and despise you. Stay with people who believe in you. And don't tell people what you are doing who do not respect you. Amen. It's not everybody you should tell everything to. More especially when you have something in its infancy. Yes? At the, at the infancy of um, things you're doing or thinking of doing, don't just go, hey, guess what my new idea is? <laughs> They'll kill it for you right there. <laughs> All right, yeah? All right. So don't run away from small beginnings. Number two, the art of following King David is the art of embracing menial jobs. Amen. Menial. Can somebody look at the word menial in the dictionary? First, so much was the 16 verse 21. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Amen. What, is, what, what are the meanings of the word menial? M-E-N-I-A-L. 
Minio. Work not requiring much skill and lacking prestige. Remember, that means this is not um, something very flamboyant, isn't it? And what else? So David, King David was someone who did menial jobs. Look at this. Remember we said he was anointed king, all right? And then he ended up in the palace with Saul. And what was he doing there? The Bible says he stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Now, whatever armor-bearer means, it means he had to bear his armor. <laughs> he had to carry his armor, lift up his armor, help him put on his armor, whatever he had to do. He, he was a servant in the king's palace. He, first of all, he was a shepherd when he was with his dad. All right, and that wasn't seen as a great thing, such a great thing, because Eliab said, go and take care of the... I mean, it wasn't, we can see that they were despising him, all right? And he was now an armor bearer. And then he becomes a servant of the king, all right? He becomes a servant of the king. He also became a musician. He was playing music for King Saul, all right? Some people despise playing music. Some people despise singing. Some people, they say, it's not such, a, what, what is there to what I'm doing? Right? But he embraced these menial jobs that he was doing. Hallelujah. So David is someone who worked his way up. All right? Just about any good thing you are doing has to be done from the bottom up. There's only one job that is done from the top down. What job is that? Grave digging. <laughs> That's the only job that you start at the top and you go down. <laughs> Apart from grave digging, you have to start from the bottom and work your way up. Amen. So don't also say that you, you have outgrown doing something. Don't come to church and say, hey, guess what? Yesterday I got promotion at work. I am now the district what? I'm not a regional head. I can't be vacuuming anymore. Say those days are past. Even now, say, you, sh you don't say you should come and see my new office at work, my new air conditioned office with my oak desk and the decorations. And I have my own personal secretary now. Don't say I'm past inspecting the toilets. Somebody else can take on that job. <laughs> All right. Yeah, assign, find someone else to assign it to. But don't be, don't, don't. <laughs> so be ready and be prepared to do just about anything that is available for you to do. Amen. Amen. Try your hands at everything. One day you'll find that it will prove useful for you. Amen. Amen. The best leader is someone who has been a follower for many years. The best leader is someone who has been a follower for many years. All right. Because if you've done menial jobs, you will learn to become reasonable with your subordinates. You're not going to give unreasonable commands and instructions. You won't just say, hey, get this done, without knowing or understanding the implication of what it takes to get something done. Amen. All right. Number three, the art of following David is the art of ministering to others. Hallelujah ministering to others, refreshing others, doing things for others, doing things that will help other people, that will strengthen people's position. All right, first, so much of the 16, verse 23. 
And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Amen. So if you want to be successful in life, learn to be a blessing to others. Amen. It will unlock many great doors for you. Even despite everything David did for Saul in the palace, he was still very mean to him. The Bible says that once he actually flung a spear at him to kill him, you know, and it went into the wall and he was able to dodge, all right? <laughs> so the people who are very successful are the people who do things for other people, amen. One of the things that um, lets us hold doctors in high esteem is all their work is pretty much doing things for people all the time, isn't it? They're taking care of people, you know. They're taking care of people, helping people, people who are in pain, people who are suffering, people who have a need to be met, people who need a solution to a problem. All right, that's why. So it's not just that they earn their thousands of dollars, which they do. <laughs> but anytime they are doing their work, they are helping other people, isn't it? They're doing something for somebody who is not even them. All right, sometimes to their own peril. Now, I just heard, well, in the beginning, I heard about one doctor who died in China. He was the one, I'm told, who sounded the alarm, and they would try to shut him up. And then he died. And then now they're saying the chief doctor, is it? One of the doctors, I, I don't know whether it's the biggest hospital or whatever, he's also died of, um, I was going to say Ebola. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> Coronavirus. So it's very, very sad. The health workers... It's very, very sad that it's sad when they are the ones who suffer, you know, because they have to help take care of other people. I mean, we heard that during the, let me go back to Ebola days as well, you know, all these health workers. So somebody has to take care of their people, but there's a risk associated with trying to help other people. Amen. So let's not just be Christians who say, give me, give me, do for me, do for me. What is there in it for me? But also ask what you can do to help other people. Amen. Because David's value rapidly increased because he was useful um, to Saul when he had the need of um, being, I don't know whether delivered, refreshed because of the evil spirits that often plagued him. Amen. And finally for tonight, the art of following David is the art of knowing that not everyone will accept you. Amen. Not everyone will accept you. If you know that, it will make things a whole lot better for you. All right? First, I want to 17, verse 28 to 30. Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou down hither? Why did you come here? <laughs> why did you come here? I mean, they were in the heat of battle. They were all scared. The Bible says that Goliath would come out and taunt them. You know, he would come out. He was nine feet, nine inches tall. Goliath. And on top of that, he wore armor. And they were all filled with fear. You know, no one was bold enough to step out to face him. And he would just, he just kept taunting them, all right? And then um, Jesse said, take your brother some food. So now they're saying, why have you come out here? 
And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. For thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Verse 29. And David said, what have I done? What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Verse 30. And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. So the Bible says David, after not after his brother, his older brother, not being so nice to him, the Bible says he realized he just had to turn from him. Turn from him toward another. Amen. So David suffered a lot of persecution at the hands of his brothers, unfortunately. The people who you thought rather should be helping him and saying good things to him were the ones who were being unkind to him, all right? So Eliab was trying to intimidate David, insulting him, all right? So the world has two kinds of people, those who will believe in you and those who have no confidence whatsoever in you, amen? You'd be surprised that someone believes so much in somebody, and then someone thinks absolutely nothing of the person. All right. Recently, I had someone say something to me, and I was very shocked and surprised. Because <laughs> a person used words that I see to be very unkind. And no one has used words like that toward me before. You get me? But in all my years, at least I have some belief in myself. <laughs> that I'm not a bad person, such a bad person. But the person said, I'm not even worthy to be called a reverend minister. I was shocked. Yeah, I was very, very shocked. Wouldn't you be shocked? <laughs> but what do I have to do? But you know what? I decided not to engage that person. I said to myself, this person has no idea what he is saying. All right? So I, I, I was like, David, I said, I'm going to turn away from this person. I'm not going to engage in the, in, with a person for the person to insult me anymore. It's enough for the person to say one bad thing about me, all right? So sometimes people say, um, say nice things about you, but when they are all alone, they say nasty things about you. Don't be a church member who says unkind things about your leaders when they are not there. Don't be gossiping about them. Don't be saying, hey, do you know, hey, did you know that you hear, hey, have you heard? <laughs> don't be one of those. If you don't have any nice thing to say, please don't say it at all. And if there's something you're bold, not bold enough to say in my presence, it probably means you should not be saying it at all. You understand? Yeah, if you, if you have to go and hide in the corner before you say something, it's probably not a good thing you're saying, all right? Yeah, so... Avoid people who despise you like David did. Amen. There's some who will not believe in us as a church, no matter what you do. It's okay. We'll turn away and then we'll move on. Yeah, we're not here to try and please anybody. What, what saddens me the most is when I look at Christendom, it looks like it's not even unbelievers who are opposed to a church but as members of another church who are opposed to other churches. It's like we are always in a fight. 
It's like we are, in a comp we are competing. I don't even know what we're competing for. <laughs> for prominence, for um, the best thing. What are we competing for? What? Souls. Are you, <laughs> if we're competing for souls, I'll be happy. <laughs> I mean, if we're competing for souls outside the church, I'll be happy. But rather, it's, it's like who can come out on top? Who's the best at this or who's the best at that? Who does this better? Who doesn't do that so well? You know, we are always saying unkind things about other churches, about other men of God, about other pastors. Rather, instead of looking at the things that we share in common and the things that we believe in in common, we are rather looking at the little things that make us different. We are going to be different no matter what. But as churches or as a church we have all one goal, one aim, and one commission, and to win the loss. If we were to focus on that, I'm sure we could get a lot done. Amen. All right, so number one, what's the first example that we can learn from King David? The art of following King David is the art of not despising small things. Number two, embracing menial jobs. Don't ever to be too big to do something. Amen. Don't say, I've grown past serving water. <laughs> I've grown past playing the keyboard. Didn't you hear that I've been made a minister shepherd? <laughs> I don't play the drums anymore. That's when I was a little boy. No, no, no. Don't talk like that. Uh, don't say, I've grown past being a backup singer. I've, I've backed you up for long enough. <laughs> I'm going to move two steps forward and get the main microphone. I can't be backup singer forever, all right? Number three, ministering to others. The other ministering to others. And number four, avoiding people who despise you. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I want you to, in a moment, just pray to God and say, Father, may I be a good follower? God's word says, be followers. Don't be slothful. Don't be lazy. But be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Say, Father, you have said, your instruction, your commandment is that we follow you, Lord Jesus, and also the example of the many people that you have shown us. And I pray that, Father, we will be able to follow the good examples of King David, that, Father, you call them from a young age. He was humble. He was faithful with the little that you had given him. May we also be faithful with the little. May we not despise small beginnings. May we not despise what we have in our hands. Because, Lord Jesus, you said if we can be faithful with very little, we can also be faithful with a lot. So, Father, perhaps before you commit a lot to us, you want to see that we'll do a good job with the little that we have. Pray to God and let's talk to him in a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus. This is our prayer to you, Lord. Our prayer to you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are praying that we will be just like David. We'll be just like David. Father, let us be faithful. Be faithful with everything, with anything, with the small things, with the very little things, Lord. Father, wherever you put us, wherever you place us, Father, let us do our very best. Let us do our very best in this church. Let us give, do our very best with any assignment that is given to us, any job, any task, Lord. Help us, Lord, we are praying. In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. 
If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Let's sing. If you can use anything, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Touch my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands and take my feet. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, and speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Father, we come before you tonight and we say, Lord, take us just as we are. We give ourselves to you. We present ourselves to you. Father, we don't want to hold anything back. We want to say that, Lord, we are yours. Father, use us as you choose. Use us as you will. Father, may we be faithful members of this church. May we be faithful with whatever has been entrusted to us. Father, may we not despise small beginnings. May we not despise small tasks, small assignments. May we not look down on menial jobs. Father, may we be faithful with what is another man's. May we be faithful with money with whatever you bring to us. Lord, we pray that you will make the latter end to be great. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may we hope you have been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on our social media handles at QFC Houston North. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word.